All right, well, having all kinds of music issues tonight. <laughs> Can't even get the greatest team introduction ever. The Chicago Bulls walk-up song to work. So uh, we're going to get... Carolina, Michael Jordan. That's Phil. Phil, how are you? I'm the I'm the Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski, your host. Thanks for having me, Matt. I uh, just wanted to go on record and say I'm giving up a lot to be here tonight. Red Dead Redemption 2 calls my name. Life was a little bit simpler back in 1799 as a cowboy heading out west to capture gold and, and, and land, but I, I'm willing to make the sacrifice to be here, and, and I appreciate the invite. You sound like a huge loser. <laughs> um, but yeah, whatever, man. That sounds cool. Uh, Shane, how are you? I'm doing doing really well, Matt. Um, you can use that introduction music. I'll make it an appearance on the podcast every week. Nice. Pretty jacked up. Yeah, I gotta get the full. I gotta get the full version. Um, maybe have him actually announce Michael Jordan coming out. I had some copyright issues on that. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a probably a bad decision by me to use that. But uh, no one's listening anyway. So I'm 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 not even sure anyone outside of Spears listens every week. <laughs> um, busy two weeks. Obviously, we didn't get to uh, get to chat last week. I spent the week in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. I have a lot of good stories from that wedding that I will share when I'm not um, potentially speaking to the public, so maybe the playoff party, if anybody has any questions for me about it, um, I'm happy to share. Uh, it was a good time, though. Charleston's a great town. Uh, did a little bit of touristy stuff, too, so um, it was fun. Made a couple trades, while made one trade while I was down there, and then this week all hell broke loose. Um, and I think... If you guys want to break your own news, um, we have another deal that happened. Yeah, right before we got on air, Steve uh, Wolves and T-Bag were able to reach an agreement where McCoy will be going over to the Wolves for Peyton Barber. So, big time action right here before the deadline. Yeah. Or the, right before the show. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, no, it's not. It's shown, not interesting. It is. And yeah, it is. Peyton's shown that he's the best back in Tampa Bay, even though they spent a high-round pick on um, Ronald Jones. He's outperformed Ronald Jones in every single area. I mean, Jones didn't even suit up for the first time in the games. Um, potential keeper value there at uh, is less than 5 bucks. But obviously this was a short-term play for me and potentially a long-term play for Shane. Alright, so I gotta hit you with some uh, some Peyton Barber truth here. Um, yep. It's funny, I was looking at this last night and I want to make sure I get the numbers right so I'm going to filibuster here for a little bit. But, I was looking at running backs Alright, hold on. I gotta find it. So, the top running backs in the league, I always like to look at that list. It's one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and Peyton Barber, I believe, has 53 points this season. And he has, like, 93 carries. That's horrendous. Yeah, he, he's, he's getting the touches, but they just don't, 
who's back there? It, he's not good at anything if he's got 53 points on 93 carries. What were Gurley's numbers during the Fisher years? Is that they good. is that even like is that even comparable? Is that you're you're now comparing Peyton Barber to Todd Gurley? Is that where my we're point, at? My point is you want volume in fantasy football, right? You can get lightning in a bottle, and but if you can guarantee volume and, and guarantee touches, at some point you think it's gonna have to pay off. All right, so if you can guarantee yourself about seven points a week, that's sick. That's awesome. Because that's what this dude's producing. But, but but the touches are there, and the 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 carries are there. I mean, I don't know. Like they haven't been able to run the ball. Sorry, I I, I guess you just give up on their backfield and mail it in. Like and, yeah. and move on. And absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What, Shane, what were you well, saying? Well, not all teams are in a fortunate enough position to do that. Some people have to scour the the teams that aren't that great at running. When's the, ball, the last the, time you even started Packers, this dude? The Packers, the Broncos, right? Like, some people have to make bets on who's going to own those backfields. Not because we want to, but because it's a 12-team league. When's the last time you even started this dog? Like, oh, week seven, all right, you started him. The advice should be, you guys should all just get Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara, and I don't know why you haven't done it yet. Yeah. Is, yeah. is, that, is, that, what you, is that the message you want to send? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Shane, what were you saying? It wasn't that meaningful of a trade. I tried to give McCoy to just about everyone in the league. No one really thinks he's good. Um, I needed to shed some cap or I wouldn't have been able to field a roster week 11. <laughs> so McCoy had to go. Um, so the only one that really made me an offer. <laughs> I thought you, you guys were... are all playing. You guys are all playing checkers. I'm playing chess, smarter than everybody else in this league. I thought you were cussing Phil and I out while we were arguing there. That's what I thought you were doing. All right, trivia. trivia. All right, it's funny you guys. Uh, you wanted to bring up some running back stats. You said you love your running backs. Wait, did um, you did you listen to last week's podcast? There wasn't a podcast uh, two, last week. Two weeks ago. Sorry. Um, no. The trivia question would have had you rolling in your grave. What was it? I wanted you to name the top five all-time non-kicking, non-kicking, non-quarterback scoring leaders. Yeah. Jerry Rice. It's like your five favorite players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got them all for the record. Randy Moss. You yeah. Can. Yes. Carol Owens. Yes. Um, my five favorite players. He's actually really good. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't get Bam Morris. Bam Morris was number five. Tomlinson. Yes. And God, I thought you like had the top twenty memorized. You know, I feel like it should be Emmett, but I'm not positive. Yes, it is Emmett Smith. Even Spears told me that was an easy one, so that's how I knew that was a bad question. Yeah. Anyway, did you guys, did you guys hear? The, the trivia about LaDainian Tomlinson this week? So no. The, the Patriots dynasty has been going on for so long that it dates back to 
before Tomlinson got drafted out of TCU all the way through when he retired and had a Hall of Fame career, plus the five years he had to wait for Hall of Fame eligibility. That's how long the Patriot dynasty's been going on. It, it, it feels like forever, and that shows how how ridiculous it's been. It probably will include one or two years of him being absolutely horrible on television, too. So. <laughs> Can't wait. Well, this is all a good segue, because we have a running back question in store tonight. Um, no, no secret that Todd Gurley has been the best player in our fantasy league and in every fantasy league this season, um, as well as last. He is on pace four. I took bonus points from our league out of, out of the equation. He's had five so far this year. He's on pace for a season where he scores 447.2 half PPR points, which is insane. Yeah, it's stupid. Since the year 2000, there have only been nine players who have scored more than 350 in a season. Some have done it multiple times, but there have been nine players that have scored more than 350 half PPR points fancy running backs. All This is the only running back. Since, since what year again? 2000. Uh, Tomlinson. Obviously, Dane Tomlinson is the only person that Gurley would not beat with a 447. He had 453.1 in 06. That is ridiculous. Wow. Alright. Um, I'm going to guess Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander is on the list. He had 366.3 back in 05 with the Hawks. So, wait. Nine players. So, Tomlinson did it how many times? Uh, I'm not sure how many times I just okay. wrote down the nine right. and basically their best season it's gotta be Adrian Peterson Adrian Peterson's not on the list oh wow what? that's dumb he had 2,000 yards rushing he only had 13 touchdowns only and he did <laughs> oh my god I gotta reevaluate my life alright um, I'm gonna guess Priest Holmes Chris Holmes is on the list. He did it multiple times. He had 409 back in 03. Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson is on the list. He did it in 2006. David Johnson. David Johnson did do it in 2016. 367.8 he had. Um, How many do we have left? You have four left. I need a hint. What years? <laughs> I'm not giving you a hint. Come on, man. I feel like Curtis Martin had to have one in there. Curtis Martin's not on the list. God. Um. Oh, I know. Can I? Can I re-guess? We're going Stump the Schwab style, all right? All right, come on. Um, I f- How do I not get this? I don't... F- I'm going to guess Todd Gurley last season. Uh, he's not on the list, but now that you say that, I feel like the stats I looked up were going into last season, so... I'll uh, I, don't, I don't know how Cause missed this from his favorite team, but how about a little back by the name of Marshall Folk? Marshall, Marshall, Marshall is the second best season ever. 419.4 in 2000. 
Um, what about Edger and James? Edger James is not on the list. Ah. Uh, Jamal Lewis with his 2,000-yard season. He is not on the list either. Uh, oh, but Jamal Charles might be. Jamal Charles is not. Oh. He was close. All right. Um, did uh, Ray good. Rice have one in there? <laughs> Ray Rice did not. Uh, you almost beat yeah. me to that one. Um, <laughs> what about Clinton Portis? Clinton Portis is not on the list. Uh, Lev Bell is another one I'm thinking. Terrell Davis. You, you guessed two in a row. Terrell Davis and Lev Bell are neither on the list. Oh. Lev- God, in his shortened season where he was suspended, but only played in 12 games. Yeah, he's never played a full season, but he, he deserves $30 million guaranteed. We do have a big Rams on the podcast tonight, and there is another Ram on the list. Oh, Steven Jackson? Steven Jackson back in 06. Three players in 06 did it. Larry J, Steven J, and LT. Oh, you always Jackson. forget about Steven Jackson, how good he was. He, he was good. I didn't think he put up big numbers because I didn't think those teams were that good. No, he was on like the Mark Bolger teams right after that kind of hung around and uh, just were like the Texans are now. They lost in the first round every year. we got two names left, both fairly recent. Um, their primes were the late... Just around before 2010, right around there, both of them. One was 09, one was 2010. Could be wrong, but I feel like one of them this season was when he, I feel like he still owns the most yards from scrimmage in a season. I'm not positive on that, but (laughs) it's definitely a top, I think, three season. Oh, nine. Hmm. Most yards from nope. scrimmage in a season. <sighs> oh, Brian Westbrook. No. No? No, I, I just thought him, no way. Um, I, I can't believe Peterson's not on this list. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, that's <laughs> absurd to me. Not enough pass catching for him, I think. That's what killed him. I'm out of guesses. All right, AFC or NFC? They both were in the AFC. Eddie George? Did we say Eddie George? Not Eddie George. Eddie George was very, like, 90s. That's bad. That's bad. (laughs) All right, call it quits on you guys here, but... 2010, it was Arian Foster. Oh, the huge oh my God. Uh, 360 he put up. And the other one, CJ2K in 2009. Oh, yeah, that's right. How does Arian Foster have more yards and points than Arian <coughs> Like, that, that's absurd to me. That really that's absurd. Good question, Shane. Well done. Thanks, buddy. 
All right. Uh, we got a lot of trades to talk about here. So, um, in the last two weeks, let's see how many trades we've had. Is this a league record? I uh, don't know. I don't have that in the archives yet. It has to be, right? This this is the most active deadline I can remember ever. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine trades and one vetoed trade. <laughs> so, um, I guess I'm a person. Got traded ten times. I'm a person. Yeah, yeah. The best wide receiver in the league got traded twice. Um, I'm I'm a person of order, so I think we should go in order that these trades happened. Uh, first one would be uh, Bull gets Julio Jones for Derrick Henry, Marquise Goodwin, Kenny Galladay, and I believe it was eight dollars, seven or eight dollars. Your thoughts? Um, surprised it didn't get vetoed. To be honest, that was my yeah. I, I, I gotta agree with Shane. Um, it, it was lopsided. I, I, I think the only reason it didn't get vetoed was that there was another trade that happened later that night. Um, worse haul than Julio Jones was traded for last season. True or false? False. Stop it. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was in that deal at least, and Chris Carson's a player. True. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. This is bad, dude. The funny thing is, is up till yesterday, too, sure, we're still trying to pawn Derrick Henry off on people. Um, yeah, but, but uh, sure found himself in a tight spot with Zeke and Julio Jones on by in the same week, so he felt like he needed to add some depth. Um, but the rest of his team kind of no-showed last week, so it didn't really matter. Uh, Bull also involved in another trade. This is the one that got vetoed. Uh, Bull trades Wendell Smallwood, Adam and Adam Thielen to acquire James White, Juju Smith-Schuster, Josh Gordon, Le'Veon Bell. And Bull had to cut like seven players then to get under the salary cap after acquiring all these guys. Um, The league did not take this trade kindly. Some would guess it's because of the person Bull was trading with. Um, depends how sensitive you are, but, uh, yeah, this one didn't go through, so. Yeah, um, thought it was a pretty, pretty lopsided deal myself. Um, honestly, I, I spoke to, I've spoken to both of you about it. I mean, if Phil's selling, I mean, I feel, and I feel like is the best keeper in that deal, obviously. But there's just too much trading going back to bull for for one player. Kind of the same situation we ran into with Antonio Brown last year. Well, I, I kind of think that was part of it, right? Um, bull had, had gotten Julio, and it was well. Now he's going to get this other king's ransom for for Thielen. So we're not going to let that happen. Plus, Phil's involved in the deal, 
So if Phil's involved, then it has to be personal, and I'm, I'm going to veto it. And I know it's personal because of the the personal attacks that that, that were thrown out, right? If it wasn't a, if it wasn't for the personal attacks, I'd say okay, you know what, the, the deal got vetoed just because it was lopsided. But because of those made it pretty clear that, that, that there was definitely some bias in play there in my eyes at least so but you're you're I'm talking about you're talking about the comments from Fegley and Butler yeah I mean I'll I'll play the victim if if, if that's available to me and, and you're gonna throw that out I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah look I mean that it was obviously biased and, and obviously personal based on the comments that were thrown out um, I think there might be something to what you said about those deals happening together. Um, it was enough. Of, it was enough for us to see him get Julio, and then to get the four players from you. Um, and it was almost like I think the league was like, "All right, this he's not pulling off both these deals." So the easy answer is to you know get rid of the one that Phil's involved in, but. In that same vein, like, he's getting four p- startable players. And, like, I've been raving about James White on this podcast all season. I think Juju um, is right up there with Thielen in terms of, like, dynasty quality wide receivers. Plus, he's, like, seven years younger than Adam Thielen. Um, I've enjoyed what I've seen from Gordon so far in New England and... Lev Bell, whatever. Like, if he if he gets the Lev Bell that you think Lev Bell is, then that just can't happen. That's ridiculous. Like, no player. And then I I talked to you about it. You know, you had kind of been fighting for Thielen's value when we were talking about Thielen for Kamara, and I really kind of soured on Thielen when I compared him to Kamara. You know, Thielen's the number one receiver, and it wasn't really close. And Kamara was like the sixth best running back. But Kamara had only scored 11 points less than Thielen, and Kamara had had his bye week already, and Thielen hasn't. So when I kind of really actually looked at the numbers instead of just saying, oh, I would like to maybe have the number one wide receiver, um, their values weren't as close as I thought they were originally. But based on that logic, aren't quarterbacks the most valuable? And wouldn't you rather keep a QB1 over a Kamara then? No, no, I think wide receivers... Because quarterbacks score more than running backs do. Yeah, but you have so to look at the... scoring by position and say that there's relative value there. You have to look at the the congestion between the top part of the position and the bottom part of the position. Thielen's much closer, I think. The, the top ten receivers are much more bunched compared to the, the second ten. You know, 1 through 20, there's not as much a difference as there is 1 through 20 in, at the running back position. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if one of those guys is out of that deal, I think that deal goes through. But I think it was just too much. Well, I, I here, here's what I don't get. Because four starters, or four assumed starters, is too much. But... Then I try and move Le'Veon Bell for a piece that I can play this week, and nobody wants him, so there's no value there. No one wants to take on his risk for anything. Not even a Tyler Boyd or a Calvin Ridley. No, nobody wants Bell. Like I'm the only person in the world that thinks he has value the remainder of the season, especially come fantasy playoffs, which to me that like that's 
when you want your players. I, I'm the only one. Like I would trade for Les Bell right now. I'm not selling him because I know nobody else, nobody's going to listen to this podcast before the trade deadline expires. Um, I'll trade. I, for, I haven't been able to move him for anything. I'll trade for him right now. Like I, I'm all in on that I'm trading for him. All right. But I'm not giving up Gurley, Kamara, Aaron Jones, or Ingram. I mean, I think Aaron Jones is a little ridiculous, but who are you going to give up? That, and that's why I wish, I, Eddie, I wish Eddie was on for the live trades. No, that's why I didn't make you an offer because I didn't really feel like I had anything you'd have any interest in if I wasn't going to be willing to move those guys. And I know what you're saying about Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones is a starting running back in Green Bay right now. Lev Bell may come back. Which which I think has value. <coughs> being, being a running back in a system that may not produce historical great running back numbers like a Peyton Barber, I think there's still value there in getting touches. Um, but I feel like you're talking out of two sides of your mouth with that. Um, I've seen Aaron I'll, Jones I'll, do more in five games than I've seen Peyton Barber doing nine, so... That's all I'll say I about would, that. I would move Bell for Landry, Cooks, or Hilton, or Malcolm Brown. You're going to trade me Le'Veon Bell for Malcolm Brown. Right. What'd you say? Getting a veto, just so you guys know. Oh, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, I know that's, that wouldn't happen. Or Ebron. Can't trade Ebron. Yeah, you can. I don't have another tight end. Gronk's available. Gronk's on your team because I didn't want to have, have him anymore. We'll talk about it. I was thinking more like Mike Williams for Le'Veon Bell, but we'll talk done, about it. Done. Done. Lock it in. You want to do that? Let's do it. Deal. I'll send it over. Why? Why? No, nobody, nobody else has even made an offer. Why would that get vetoed? <laughs> All right, let's keep going with the trades. Um, let's let the guy that has the best team ever have the next best fucking player available. Yeah, let's do that. So he's the second guy in the league that, that values Le'Veon Bell and nobody else does. I do. I don't have enough money to fucking get him. <laughs> it's a family-friendly show, Shane. <laughs> All right, I can't wait till that gets vetoed. Um, all right, so Papa Kaz does a tight end swap with his favorite trade partner, the Mad Dogs. Uh, Jimmy Graham goes to the Mad Dogs, and Papa Kaz gets Jordan Reed and two dollars draft cash. Not a whole lot to see here. No. <laughs> so, sorry, Shane. Go ahead. I'm just saying, nothing to see here, really. Just move, move it along. <laughs> I, I feel like Reed has to rake out at some point. There's just, it, it, it's, it's been too long. I, 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 I think we see some life out of him. I feel the same way about Jimmy Graham, though. Like, I, I just can't believe he's not catching a touchdown a game with Rogers throwing the ball. Really whiffed on that one. Uh, then we have the first three-team deal in league history. Um, Stein receives Rob Gronkowski, LaShawn McCoy, and $5. Papa receives 
Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, Chris Hogan, and twenty dollars draft cash, and I received T.Y. Hilton and Brandon Cooks. Had this driving down to Charleston. I had this epiphany to make this deal happen. Don't. Uh, I like Hilton. Um, I think that's an upgrade uh, on your receiving core. I mean, he's had some injuries. He hasn't performed to the level that we know he can. He's had a few good games sprinkled in there. I like him rest of the season. I also am a big LaShawn McCoy fan, as I said two weeks ago, before he went for like zero points. And then I said the same thing again last week before he went for like zero points. Um, for, for it being the first three-team trade to happen, I, I think all three got pretty good value, um, especially compared to some of the other trades that got made in the league. Uh, so hats off to you guys. I, I think you did a good job with it. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I was happy with my end. Um, picking up McCoy and Gronk, there was definitely injury risk there. That was That's kind of the only part that I was a little worried about. Um, and then, obviously, the salary that it left me at left me handcuffed. I was playing two players down last week. <laughs> my roster was a little thin. Um, ended up having to unload McCoy now just, just to be able to field a roster later in the season um, and not take any penalties or just have to drop a good player like McCoy or Rogers or something, throw him into the waivers. Um, but I thought it was a pretty good deal for everyone. Obviously, Todd's got what he needed. got two, two uh, startable receivers that are better than flex plays, probably wide receiver two plays. Um, I got much needed running back help and tight end help. And Hopkins got the cash that he wanted. Yeah, I'm still I, I still want to believe in Corey Davis, but I can't watch it in my starting lineup anymore. I'm going to watch him break out on my bench if that's going to happen. Um, it may not. So I knew I had to upgrade there. Phil's been telling me that for three weeks. Um, if it makes you feel any better, every article I read says that he's on the droppable list. No, I've, I've seen the same thing. Um, it's probably just stubbornness at this point. Um, but I had to move on from that. Like I said, I'd rather see him just break out on my bench at this point. Uh, I love the way the Rams are using Cooks, and Hilton had had a good game every week until this past week, so I uh, had no issues making that deal. I feel like I gave up a little more than you know what people gave up um, yesterday in trades, but I knew to get Shane on board with potentially getting me better, I had to give up a little more than I probably would have liked to, so... Uh, kind of had to had to make that happen. So tried to make it so sweet for him that he couldn't say no. He did. Well, yeah, just to be specific on what I was talking about with Hilton, um, I was talking about his three point nine week and seven point five week. Which I mean, all all receivers are going to have that, but other than that, he's been he's been rock solid, right? I I, I like him. I think he's an upgrade for you. Yeah, the 7.5 week, I think, was the week he got hurt. And last week, I'm just not really sure what happened. Um, but we were able to pull it off regardless. So uh, Next trade that happened yesterday between Seawolves and Clan, despite the personal attacks on the Wolves. 
they trade James White and Josh Gordon to the clan for Buck Allen, Isaiah Crowell, and $20 draft cash. So I thought this was a great deal for Fegley. Um, James White is a top 10 running back rest of the season. Uh, no issues with James White. And Gordon's a great lottery ticket. Uh, definitely makes Fegley a lot better. Buck Allen now just about useless with uh, Ty Montgomery coming in there. So that's going to be a three-headed backfield that probably won't, don't want any parts of. And Isaiah Crowell just flat-out shit the bed in his opportunity <laughs> to run away with that job last week. So I know Crowell's still, you know, starting running back and the, the touches theory applies there, but being able to upgrade from Crowell, Crowell to White, um, enormous acquisition for the clan. Yeah, absolutely. Love me some James White. Um, definitely the running back to own in New England now. Um, Going to catch five, six balls every week. Probably have him. In addition to whatever he does on the ground. So, yeah, I got him as an RB1 the rest of the way. And anytime you can get, get one of those, obviously I'm, I'm going to favor that side of the deal. And I think Gordon's probably a flex play the rest of the way as well. So, really like what the clan did there. Yeah, I, I probably could have gotten more from this trading with Bull or, or, or somebody else in my division. Um, I also think James White's a great play rest of the season, although I don't think his value is going to be any higher ever in his career than it is right now. Uh, so I, I feel like I'm, I'm selling high on him there, even though I do like him rest of year. Is that for he, What's that? Is that for White or Gordon, Phil? White. Right. He, he, he's shown his production. It's not game script dependent. Whatever the score is, whatever team they're playing against, he can put up numbers against Buffalo he can, in a defensive struggle, at least for a, a lot of the game. He can put up numbers anywhere against Chicago. He, he does it in and out, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be any higher. And you have Michelle looming, even though they play two different roles in the offense. I, I, I love White, but for me, it was like a pseudo sell to be able to get $20, trade him off, and to me, I was only losing one starter because I wanted off the Josh Gordon train in, in the absolute worst way. This roller coaster, I, I, I can't even live with it. Every second I would get new updates about him showing up late or showing up high to a film shoot. or I, I wanted off this so badly, and all the stuff coming out of New England was saying, He's doing so well. He's picking up the offense. He's got a locker right next to Tom Brady. Everything looks great. And then he comes out and he and he catches four balls for 40 yards. And it's like two different things are happening there. And there's reports of the Patriots wanting to add another wide receiver. Why would they want to do that if Gordon's their guy? There's just too many red flags. And I feel like this is his last chance in New England. And if I see a tweet from Adam Schefter saying, Patriots cut Gordon for any reason. I, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised at this point. So even if he was going to play, he was going to be somebody that was going to be riding on my bench because he's so inconsistent. And the Patriots, for whatever reason, don't seem to throw the ball down the field. So I, I was happy to get rid of him and not have to move Juju to, to max out my draft cash. So a few different things in play there. As soon as Fegley offered it to me, I know I had some texts out to other people, but I felt like, it, for me, it was pretty much a $20 for white offer. And I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take it and, and ride out the season with the rest of the players that I have, knowing that I'll, I'll have to overcome what White would have been. 
So you didn't have any interest in acquiring like a player like Darius Geis in this deal and getting the draft cash along with Geis? Gucci? Look, for if I would have gotten twenty dollars and gotten him back, that, that 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 probably would have made sense. But at the same time, you saw how many deals were flying out there. Um, it was if you get a deal that you like, just just take it, and, and that's exactly what I did. As soon as Fagley offered it, I said, "All right, done. Let's let's move on." And I and I know I, I screwed Bull in the process because he really wanted James White, and him and I had been talking about reworking a deal for Thielen. Um, but at the same time, I'm playing bowl this week, and if I was all the way selling, it makes sense for me to go back to bowl. If I'm pseudo-selling, it makes sense for me to, to try and, and weaken him a little bit for the matchup that we have this week. All right. Uh, next trade, Amari Cooper goes from uh, the Abusement Park fire sale to Spears for Dante Moncrief and $10. Uh, Spears trying relentlessly yesterday to add a a big name wide receiver. He thought he had a deal for Diggs, kicked the tires on Antonio Brown. Um, none of that was able to happen, so he takes the gamble on Cooper um, for ten dollars again, low risk deal. And uh, you know Cooper could just get force fed targets, or he could be worse than he was in Oakland. Who knows? So. Low risk. I like the move for Spears. Yeah, definitely like the move for Spears here. Um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of I don't want to say boom potential, but I definitely think there's an uptick potential here um, with this move. So I mean, Spears needed to make something happen. I feel like his team was just is very good, but probably needed one needs like one more player to hit. And I think this could be the guy. Yeah, I'm I'm not big on the Cowboys passing attack. Maybe it was because they didn't have a player like Cooper, but I feel like Dak struggles to get to the 200-yard passing mark every week. And, and I, I, I think his production is going to be largely dependent, similar to what we've seen with Des Bryant in the past. I, I, I like Cooper. I think he's an upgrade over what they have, and, and he's going to get some targets. But even... Even at a fifty percent target share, he's going to struggle to to get to that eighty yard, ninety yard mark week in and week out, which is going to make him a touchdown dependent wide receiver. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure he's going to pick up the playbook that fast. I don't feel like it's a complicated playbook. Um, but like I said, he's clearly the best route runner, well, wide receiver at least in Dallas. So. There's a chance that they just force feed him targets, or there's a chance that they don't because Dak just knows he can't make the throws. So, um, super curious to see see what happens there. Uh, but I, I like the move for Troy. So now we have the the total team swap in the Abusement Park fire sale um, and bowl bowl trades away. Adam Thielen, Jay Ajayi, Carson Wentz, Patriots D, Chargers D, Devontae Freeman. And either seven or eight dollars uh, for Drew Brees, Zeke Elliott, Jalen Rashard, Bears D, Quincy Numa, and the Vikings D. Um, first glance for me, you know, this deal is essentially Thielen and Wentz for Brees and Elliott. All the other guys are in there. Our Jalen Rashard was also, I think, a big piece of that deal for Bowl. But um, 
everything else is really just trading trading cash salary swap to keep Bowl under the 300 cap. Um, he still had to drop Rashad Penny in this deal uh, to get himself under the cap. So um, when you look at what Bowl got for Thielen in the vetoed trade and what he accepted here, uh, in my opinion, there's a huge disparity. player is in this deal. Is it Thielen or do you guys think Zeke's the best player in the deal? I, I, I In terms of total keepers, I, I think it's Thielen and it's not close. In terms of just overall better fantasy players, you, you, you gotta like Zeke at, at the running back even though he hasn't put up the numbers historically that, that he has this season. I mean, but that's reversed, but um, Thielen shows no signs of slowing down for whatever reason. This undrafted guy can just knock defenders on, on their ass running routes. Um, so I, I still think Thielen's the best player here. Yeah, I, I'm still going to go uh, side with Thielen. It's close as far as overall, and, and obviously Thielen being the much better option for how cheap he is. Um, I'm going to go with Thielen's the best player in the deal. The other thing that's kind of interesting in this deal is um, Bowl hasn't left himself with much in terms of keepers for next season. I know he's kind of going for it this year, um, but Thielen was obviously a potential keeper. Um, Devontae Freeman could have been a potential keeper, still a decent price. And then uh, Wentz would have been a potential keeper. So right now, um, after trading those guys, I mean, Zeke's going to be, I think, $53 next year. I'm probably not that interested in that. Will Fuller would be six bucks. I know he was a guy he was considering before he tore the ACL, um, but Bull may have just put himself in position to um, have to go get some keepers during the off season next year. Yep. That's why I was, I was kind of curious of why he made this move. I mean, you have a guy. 
guy like Thielen, who's obviously, I mean, I think he's overachieving this year, but you have a guy that's locked out at such a low salary. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't be interested in just holding on to him unless you're getting max value. He's going for it. I mean, that, he's throwing keepers out the window for next season. Whether that means he's just going to drop out after this year, which I highly unlikely, because this league's way too much fun. Um, but he, he's he's just going for it next year, knowing that there's going to be a bunch of teams that have three keeper worthy players going into the off season that are going to want to trade that third player for five bucks draft cash or ten bucks draft cash or whatever that is. Does he? he he only gave up eight, which I think means he has ten left to go and get two keepers uh, before the draft next season. So I, I, he's going for it. I, I think he'll be okay and be able to get somebody for five bucks, even if that means it's just like a quarterback. Like even if he ends up trading back for, for Carson Wentz and, and keeps him, whatever the case may be, I think <coughs> you're still able, able to, as long as he has draft cash going into the next season, he'll, he'll be able to fill his roster. So he's, he's moved $15 of draft cash. Um. So it's gonna be interesting to see what uh, what where he ends up this season. So, um, other deal next one. Adrian Peterson gets trade traded for the second time in a week. Uh, he goes with four dollars to the Mad Dogs, and him and Papa Kaz pull off their second deal. Um, Demarius Thomas and Austin Eckler go from Micah to Papa Kaz. This one. Um, I didn't understand both sides of it. I guess I didn't understand why my dad was trading draft cash until he then told me he had the deal with Shane where he was going to get draft cash back. So it was a net effect there. Um, Micah, I, I thought he was selling. Then he texted me he was buying. And now I don't know if in this trade if he's buying or selling. Um, he's moving a player like Demarius Thomas, moving a great handcuff in Eckler for just Adrian Peterson. Um, I almost feel like the Mad Dogs roster has just has been changed too much um, in the last couple of weeks. A lot, a lot of activity from him when his players started underperforming, and I think it kind of got away from him here this year. Yeah, I'm kind of confused at what they're doing. <laughs> uh, uh, this deal it kind of confused me. Um, not really sure what what what, what just happened. Not my reaction. Was this before the Thomas trade or after the Thomas trade after. in real life? After. Was, yeah. Well, I mean, Thomas just probably isn't going to be able to suit up in the offense for a few weeks, right? He's, he's got to learn kind of like in the Golden Tate position where he's got to learn a new playbook and. If, if in fact he's trying to win now, getting Peterson, I, I I think makes sense, and it's an upgrade over over Eckler. Um, and I, I guess that that that's probably the reasoning in my eyes. Uh, they're going to need Demarius Thomas to play this week. He, I, I think he's going to play. Um, just in terms of what they have on their roster for wide receivers, I feel like he's got to play for Houston this week, whether or not he performs well. Um, Depends how difficult you think Bill O'Brien's offense is. Seems to be. I, I don't think it's that difficult. But can we can we just take a step? How many receivers have been able to been traded and then come in that first week or that second week or that third week and been able to perform? I I, I feel like 
it never happens. No, and I totally get that. To, we're, we're about to see it with Cooper and Golden Tate and Thomas, but I, I, I just feel like it, it can't happen. I totally get that. I'll, I'll just throw a couple things back at you. Um, only recently has the NFL trade deadline become this significant. Um, so we don't have a large sample of quality receivers like this moving midseason. So it's hard to say. I mean, when you got guys like Roy Williams and Joey Galloway getting traded midseason, like those guys aren't aren't what we're talking about here. Like, um, and Demaris Thomas is a veteran who's played for a couple different quarterbacks, and um, I just feel like he's going to be able to get open. Um, and I think they just desperately needed someone to not have Hopkins get triple teamed. Yeah, I, I just I, I know it's a small sample size. I but even with the small sample size, I, I haven't seen that happen yeah, before. But you have to respect Demarius Thomas out there, so it's not like you can just kind of leave him out there and still roll three guys over to Hopkins. Like you gotta at least pay some respect to that name and that that career. So um, he'll be out there this week, and yeah, he may be more of a decoy, but he's gonna have to play. So, I think Eckler might be the most valuable piece in this deal. If something and, and, happens and, and, to Melvin Gordon, uh, Eckler is a slam dunk keeper for next year. Yeah, but, but, but going back to it, it hasn't happened historically in the NFL for, I, I think that's for a reason. Um, and I think more recently it's happened for teams to ramp up for a playoff run and not necessarily short-term production. But maybe I'm wrong. I just think historically in the NFL, the reason it hadn't been done was because it's so hard to come into a different team and be able to produce in, in those first few weeks. But we'll, I mean, we'll see. Right? This is going to be a, gr- a great sample side of great great wide receivers coming in, and we'll be able to see if that's going to be a trend that's going to continue or if it's going to be mostly for a playoff push like I think it will be. I don't know if Shane has anything to add to, but total tangent here. Um, I feel like NFL offenses are getting easier for players to pick up. They're more college. They're more find open space. They're more um, play action driven. So it's not like, you know, you need to run these complex routes. A lot of it is just being able to trick the defense into thinking you're doing something else. And then, you know, so I think that may also play into it as well. I agree. What did you say, Shane? I agree with that completely. That's uh, in a lot of the offenses now. I mean, it's just getting easier and easier to pick up just because it's easier and easier to play offense now. Yeah. There's only so much the defense can do to you that it's just allowing more and more people to be successful on offense. I want to see what numbers look like this year at the end of the year in terms of uh, historically for running back catches as well. I just feel like I watch a lot of football. Um, on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. And I just feel like there are design plays where the receivers and tight ends just run these streak routes down the field and the running back waits and runs a little delay route. And I feel like teams do it five, six times a game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like it's... I mean, people... I know you guys make fun of me, but you they watch how the, what the Patriots do. <laughs> And that's kind of what the Patriots have been doing for a while now. 
mean, utilizing the running backs out of the backfield just to pick up first downs, pick up cheap yardage. Um, and now every team's kind of caught on, and, and they're they're all utilizing it in their offenses and just making those pass catching third down backs so much more valuable. Um, one of those pass-catching third-down running backs, his handcuff got traded as well. So Stein acquires Jordan Howard. Uh, he gives Papakaz Danny Amendola and returns the $5 that he just traded to the Mad Dogs. Um, Stein gets some much-needed running back help here. Howard's been very disappointing this year. I was really high on Howard. Um, have him in a bunch of leagues. I thought that... Um, he would be a run threat, goal line back, and I thought he'd get a lot of pass catches because the Chiefs offense, you know, which Nagy comes from the Chiefs, has always been a one-back system, um, but I think Cohen might be the one-back in that system right now. So Howard's been super disappointing. I still am holding on um, to him in the couple leagues that I own him in, uh, but he's an upgrade over what... Shane's running out there at the running back position on a week-to-week basis, so uh, definitely see the need for why why Shane wanted to make this deal. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I needed running back help. Um, I just I just liked Howard's schedule, and I feel like he's too good to be the kind of player he's been so far this year. I think as the weather gets colder, maybe in Chicago, they're going to lean on the run a little bit more. Um, and I th- and I like the schedule coming up the next three, four, five weeks, so I uh, feel like he can be a guy that can really help me down the stretch here when I need I need to win at least three, four games coming down here. Yeah, I, I've been a Howard guy since the beginning of the season. Um, you know, the production hasn't been there. I, I, I feel like he's one of those guys that rest of the season, he's going to break out and, and be really valuable, so I really like the trade for Shane. Alright. And then other than the two trades made tonight, that wraps it up, so um, LaShawn McCoy for Peyton Barber. That one showed no problems getting through. Um, and then uh, nobody said anything yet about Mike Williams for Lev Bell. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Wake up in the morning. What did you say? What happens when you guys wake up in the morning? <laughs> uh, yeah. You can't tell me, though, that Mike Williams doesn't have some keeper value, potentially. Oh, my God. This guy could sell anything. Um, Tell me if they move on from Keenan Allen, you know, top five pick in the draft. He's had a couple good games this year. Uh, Love Bell may not even show up, so. What's Williams' price? 16 bucks. Yeah, I don't think so. Right, whatever. Uh, I, I I like him. I traded for him, but I don't think he's keeper value. All right, standings recap. Uh, Shane told me today I can clinch the far division this week. <laughs> um, he said if he Bowl and Eddie lose, um, I will have clinched the Favre for the twenty twenty eighteen season. So. Um, somehow still getting it done in Denver. Um, over on the other side, ice cream on the on the rise. Uh, they've won three straight to put themselves at five and three, tied with Fegley for first place. 
um, franchise and Mad Dogs at four and four, one trending up, the other trending down. Hammer holding tight. Um, you know, I'd say there's probably three teams that I would cross off right now. I know Phil's hanging on, pseudo selling, but I think he's got to go five and zero uh, to make it. So I'm gonna write him off, and if he's able to get in, good for him. Uh, so Seawolves, Patriots, and Abusement Park playing for 19 at this point. Um, except we all know that Papakaz is always playing for the current season. Uh, he will try to grind out every week all the way through the consolation ladder. And then you got the Weevils and T-Bag at 4-4. Four and four, Curtain three games behind me. Um, so really, nine-horse race for six spots. I mean, I thought it was interesting to see that the th- three lowest scorers in our league are all buyers. <laughs> I mean, me, Butler. I mean, Butler didn't really buy, but he didn't sell. Um, but he made it clear that he was going to try to win. He thinks his team's good enough. Um, me, Mick, and, and Butler all sitting there with really pedestrian seasons so far, all making a run at the playoffs. That was kind of interesting to see. And then you have a team like Phil, who's been just really unlucky, um, sitting there at almost 1,000 points scored in the season and has to win five straight to get in. And then you have the third highest scoring team, not just saying they're staying put, they're not doing anything. Yeah. I really thought he could have gone for the jugular um, and really improved his team if he was willing to move some draft cash. But uh, Ty and the franchise are going to stand pat with their squad and... uh, See if they can't make some noise and not hurt themselves for next year. Yep. Yeah, th- th- this hurts for me to look at. Being the second highest scorer in the fire division, fifth highest scoring overall, and pretty much <clears throat> staring elimination right in the face here. Especially looking at my, my schedule. So the last two games of my schedule are sellers. I have bowl this week. Uh, bowl can put me out of my misery and have me cut a bunch of my players for... <laughs> keepers out there. Um, I, 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 I like my tiebreaker four, right? Um, I, I feel like if I can get to six wins, so if I can go four and one the rest of the way, I, I think my tiebreaker should end up in my favor um, just based on the, the amount of points I've been able to score, but still disappointing outing for, for this season, but that, that, that happens sometimes. Uh, I mean, I'm nine. I've scored ninety less points than the team that's gone eight and zero. So over eight weeks, that's what twelve points a week. Disappointing, but what what, what are you going to do? That, that's that that's fantasy. Yeah, I made the argument this week to Shane that I should probably be five and three. Um. You know, there's two weeks that I wasn't in the top six. And then, you know, just by random luck, you think you would lose lose a game that you are in the top six. Uh, so, definitely a case to be made that I should probably be more five and three than looking for my 19th straight win this week. Oh, yeah. Keep going. What? The winning streak going. Yeah, 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 I have a winning streak. One eighteen straight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It it needs oh. to be given the credit that it needs to. <laughs> that should be broadcasted more. Yeah, like I know. <laughs> it really needs to be given more credit, though. I feel like no one's really acknowledging how ridiculous that is. No, it's incredible. It really is. <laughs> no joke. That's, I mean, in fantasy football, <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. If I, 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 between 8-0 no and 5-3, and and the truth probably falls somewhere in the, in the middle of those two. That being said, I'm on the record as saying everything normally evens out in fantasy football. So you're probably going to get 170 thrown at you a few weeks for, for, for the rest of the year. Not that it's going to matter. That's fine, as long as I score out. 180. As, well, as long as it doesn't happen in the playoffs, right? Because that, that's what you'd, you'd be afraid of. Um, and it's interesting. You're going to kind of sit by, sit back and have a, a buy locked up here in a few weeks and then just be waiting and, and, and watching other teams and knowing that it, that's what it's going to come down to is luck of the draw in the playoffs and <laughs> Maybe it'll even out. Maybe it won't. Maybe maybe the streak will continue. But you, you've got a good team, and you're in a good position. Before we get into the matchups here, um, can we just talk about the fact that I beat Begley last week on a 4th and 18 dump-off from Nathan Peterman to LaShawn McCoy for 10 yards on the last play of the game? I didn't hear a peep from Begley about that. I know. He didn't say anything. <clears throat> I, I honestly, I've had some bad wins in my in my career. That was I felt so dirty. Like that was a fourth and fourth and eighteen. They just a little dump off for the running back for ten yards. Not even try to get a first down. I'm so happy that you won, though. Me too, man. Me too. Because you told me that night what you were gonna do to me if you lost. <laughs> that is correct. You want to share that? Uh, I was just going to badger you with Kamara and Gurley offers for as long as it took until you finally just had enough, and then I was going to give them to Eddie for basically nothing. I was going to give Antonio <laughs> nothing so he could contend with you. <laughs> Let's hope Eddie doesn't listen to that uh, so he doesn't get upset that that would have happened potentially. <laughs> That um that that was a crazy finish. That was extremely lucky. I um yeah, and in the history of league, that that's one of those that I think Shane is is going to be the guy ordering a, a Nathan Peterman jersey from China next season if that ends up being the the pivotal moment and he works his way to a championship rest of the season. He's starting again this week against the Bears. My goodness. How much DFS action can you get on the Bears this week? Like, Khalil Mack might score two touchdowns this week. He's going to kill him. I'm, pull, I'm pulling up the line on that game. It can't be high enough. I'm going I'm to go to the ATM. <laughs> it's, that's horrible. You're going to put Peterman in that spot. The guy shouldn't even be in the league. Come on. Um, I saw a report, I don't know how true this was, maybe it was on Twitter, that the Bills were trying to get Terrell Pryor with the hope of him playing quarterback this week. They they did sign Terrell Pryor today. The quarterback piece was the fake news part, but um, they signed Matt Barkley, I believe, today. 
Bears minus ten at Buffalo. It opened at minus eight and a half. Like if you if you're the Bills and you sign Matt Barkley today, he's starting this week. I literally would play anybody in the world over Nathan Peterman at this point against the Bears. <laughs> Maybe they should, no. I think that they should play Peterman and just that's going to be the end of his career, like one way or the other. His career is already over. There's there's guys that that flame out like this and get jobs. There's no way this guy plays in the NFL ever again after this contract's up, right? You know what the answer is? Go get Colin Kaepernick. Seriously, like I, I don't know. I made the case two weeks ago to Shane that the Jaguars should have called Kaepernick three weeks ago. Um, he didn't like that, but. I just don't know if that makes them any better. But. What? He's, when's the last time this guy played football? You're telling me that he just can show up and like he's going to be the same quarterback he was when he had a stacked roster in San Francisco? He's probably missed about 24 weeks of football right now. I think he last played at the end of 2016, right? That's a long time. Just like take off two years and like come back and be step right in and be Superman. Didn't Favre do that? Uh, now you're comparing Brett Favre to Colin Kaepernick? Come on, man. They should be in the same sentence. They compared uh, Gurley to Peyton Barber earlier. Stay hot. Um, <laughs> Alright, let's get into the Week 9 matchups. Uh, I guess we should first discuss how the crossovers finished. Um, so I think in the first week, our division went 2-4, and four, with Shane and I being the only winners. If I remember that from the, the podcast, that is correct. Alright, week 7. Um, I, I, week 7, I also got a win for our division. Um... We went four and two, with Shane and Papa Cos being the losers. So that gets us to an even six and six. And I'm gonna guess last week was a split. Then four and two last week as well. Four and two. So the Favre comes out on top, ten and eight. Um, God, that's a little bit of a surprise to me. I think we have the much worse division. Well, I shouldn't say that. Their top, I think, is better than our top, but we're deeper than there, I think. I think so. All right. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Worst matchup of the week is Abusement Park versus Mixed Mad Dogs. Um, Abusement Park, they have a lot of waiver wiring to do tonight. Um, currently... No running back, no tight end, and no quarterback on the roster um, for this week. So I'm going to guess that the Patriots D uh, and Dante Moncrief, at the very least, are getting shipped out of town. Um, Not sure who he's going to drop outside of that. Um, Can't see him dropping David Johnson, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's going to be interesting to see what he does there. got to drop one of them, right? Um, I would drop Derrick Henry. 
But he's still, that's not going to help him, I guess. No, he has to keep him. He's going to have to drop either Johnson, Ingram, Shepard, or West. <laughs> wow. That's probably, probably Wentz, right? Um, I think Shepard. There's going to be some value there on the waiver in, in terms of getting his players that he has to cut to field a roster. There's he doesn't a... have to take the $5, $5 penalty, but I don't know that he wants to do that. Hold on, I'm texting Sure right now for a trade. I like it. God, if you get Thielen, I'm going to kill someone. Or if you get David Johnson. How many catches one man need? Alright. <laughs> um, Mad Dogs. They have a lot of cues. <laughs> Oh my god. This is a this is gonna be an awful week of football, I feel like. Alright, so let's get into Abusement Park. Um do we like Nick Chubb against Kansas City this week? <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. Uh, I, I think you have to. Uh Kansas City's defense hasn't shown that much life outside of the last <laughs> week or two. Um Chubb doesn't have too much to compete with for carries in, in Cleveland. Don't exactly know what kind of offensive scheme they're going to run without their head coach and offensive guru, Todd Haley. But um, I feel like they're going to keep it simple and, and run it with Chubb. And even though they'll, you know what, now, now that I'm talking about it, maybe it's more of a Duke Johnson script because they're going to have to throw the ball and play from behind to, to stay in it. But I think at least Chubb gets involved early and, Probably has a touchdown. Yep, this week. Uh, love the Brownies this week. I think the game is much closer than you think it is. Agreed. Uh, I think it's a really, really close game. Uh, love Chubb. I think he gets well into double digits. So right now, the Browns are plus nine, and 14% of the money is on the Browns at plus nine. So if you think it's going to be a close <laughs> game, I have a Chubb thinking about Nick Chubb playing against Kansas City. Um, big Nick Chubb fan. I like Georgia running backs. So Chubb, Michelle, Herschel Walker, um, no Sean Marino. All those great Georgia running backs. Those are the first four that come to mind. Um, oh, God. I know A.J. Green wasn't a running back. Matt Stafford, all those great guys that played at Georgia. Um, I'm not missing anybody, am I? Nope, that's it. Nope. All right. Um, oh, Gurley. Gurley went to Georgia, too. That's right. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know why nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Not a whole lot else to talk about until sure gets some players on that team. Um, Latavius Murray. Can, that's been a quietly a really good pickup. Um from the Mad Dogs, I think he has uh, back three weeks in a row now over 18 points. Do you guys think he can keep that up against Detroit, or is this the week Dal Cook comes back? I think it keeps it up. I think it's one more week. I think it's at least one more week. 
I, I love Murray this week. He'll be in every DraftKings and Fandle lineup I can I can muster. That's more of a indictment against Detroit, correct? Yes, correct. All right. Yeah, we just watched that Seattle team manhandle Detroit. Um, not sure what they're doing either because they go out and trade for Damon Harrison, and then they trade Golden Tate. Uh, I give Patricia two years. He's bad. Who wins this one? Mad Dogs, not close. Mad Dogs. Yeah, you gotta, unfortunately, have to pick the Mad Dogs just because in terms of players. Um, But depending on who sure picks, um, I think I might go with the park. Um, I'm actually going to take the park. The park's going to win. What trade did you make? What did you say? What trade did you make? I didn't make a trade. I I feel like we're not... If you're offering a trade, I feel like we're not dealing with all the information and our our picks aren't completely fair. No. No, I... I, I Did you just get Kamara for Thielen or something? No, I like Chubb, Galladay, Thielen, and I'm even okay with Crabtree. And you can get a decent quarterback on the the wire. Um, Tight end. That's going to be a coin flip. Like, the only players I really like on the Mad Dogs are Rivers, maybe Murray, Keenan Allen, Adams, and Adrian Peterson. Other than that, I'm out on that squad. So, been out on the whole time. <laughs> what? Been out on that team all year. I have been. I got so much shit for putting him, like, ninth in the power rankings in the preseason um, Eddie after that told me that it was going to be Curtin versus Mad Dogs in the Super Bowl like I just saw I knew who they were they are who I thought they were um, alright let's go to next matchup uh, Hammer versus franchise, Fleetwood Franchise Butler trying to stay in this thing uh, Storm's trying to make up some ground on one of the the clan and the ice cream since they play each other this week. <coughs> uh, tough matchup for Butler this week. He's projected to lose by just south of five points. Um, Hopkins, great matchup this week. Uh, Brady, guy like him on Sunday night against Green Bay. Um, but I want to highlight uh, Tevin Coleman. Good matchup for him against Washington. He's been he's been pretty good this year. Uh, Coleman definitely a potential keeper for the Hammer, um, but probably not going to be back in Atlanta next year. So, first, what do you guys think of Tevin Coleman this week? And second, is there a team um, that you guys would be interested in seeing Tevin Coleman go to next season? Like Coleman this week, but trade for him couldn't make it happen. Um, I think thought he was going to have a good week this week, so um, definitely double-digit performance from him. I think he gets in the end zone. Uh, as far as a team that I'd like to see him go to, eh, I don't know. He doesn't do a whole lot for me as far as too much excitement, so not really. I, I echo.
go with Shane said. Okay. Um, there's three teams that I guess are keep getting thrown around and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, one of which I think makes no sense now because we've seen Marlon Mack be good. So I'm going to take the Colts out of that. But the Jets and Niners are the two teams that keep getting brought up in the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes. Um, I don't think Coleman fits in either of those spots. Um, so I, I'm not sure where he fits in next year. Um, it'll be interesting to see you know, who needs running backs. Maybe Buffalo moves away from Shady and Coleman ends up going there. Um, I could see the Eagles making a play for a Tevin Coleman-like player. Um, so, a lot, lot to be seen there. Uh, let's move over to the franchise. Mitchell Trubisky, seventh overall quarterback, putting up 26.5 this week. Gets at Buffalo this week. How do you guys like Mitchell Trubisky? And did you ever think he would be five spots ahead of Tom Brady in the fantasy rankings? <clears throat> um, I never thought he would be five spots ahead of him in the rankings, but I am on the record saying that I do like me some Mr. Trubisky last year. Thought I thought the guy was the, I want to say the real deal, but I thought he was a good quarterback just watching him last year. Um, around him with some, some good good players, and I think he can do some nice things and kind of showing that this year. Um, what's been holding him together is obviously the rushing yards, fantasy-wise been ridiculous as far as basically being the second best besides Cam um, running the football at the quarterback position. So he's a good player. Um, interested to see how it keeps going as the weather gets colder in Chicago. I'm a big weather guy as far as fans. Um, but yeah, I, I still like Trubisky the rest of the way just because he's getting it done on the ground. I like Trubisky, but if you were to say at the beginning of the season, Burkhead, Jeremy Hill, Sonny Michelle, all of their early down backs were going to get injured, and Tom Brady was going to have to lead this team this season, you would never think that he would be at the 12th best QB ranking that, that, that he is now. It's been a real letdown year for Brady, all things considered, for whatever reason, and they've just stopped throwing the ball down the field and it's all check downs to, to White and, and Edelman. Um, and in a passing league, you're, I, I'm surprised to see the, the, the Patriots moving to just move uh, a move the chains team and not really a big play team. But yeah, good, good to see Trubisky up here. I, I, I kind of uh, am in line with what Chain said. I love the guy. I love how he moves in the pocket and how he can debate a, a, a rusher or two and scramble a little bit and, and run. So I'm not entirely surprised. I, I will be surprised if, if he ends up in the top ten at the end of the season. So just a couple thoughts on that on what you guys both said. So we kind of saw this happening with the, the Patriots last year. Um, down the stretch, Deion Lewis was like one of the top five running backs um, in the second half of the season. So we saw this uh, starting to happen, but the real thing that's killing Tom in our league, uh, nine turnovers through eight games. Uh, seven picks, two fumbles. And, of course, you have the weird Detroit game where they got run out of the gym. Um, and then a weird game last week where they're just not able to get in the end zone against Buffalo through the air. Um, other than that, he's been, he's been all right. 
Uh, there's just so many other quarterbacks blowing up this year uh, that, you know, Brady's consistent 22 a week isn't quite getting it done. Um, Trubisky, yeah, I think he can probably keep this up. The interesting thing with him is I feel like I've seen a lot of Bears games because they score so many points, um, and especially recently while Trubisky's been hot that you see him a lot on the Red Zone channel. But he's a guy you, you like to look at his box score at the end of the game. You don't really like to watch him get there because he does some really bad things during the game too. Like I think, Shane, last year you made a, almost far of comparison um, about about Trubisky seeing a little gunslinger mentality in him. Um, so he, he just seems a little reckless out there, but it, it's worked so far for him. Got a little bit of that roll right, throw it as hard as I can <coughs> to hit him every once in a while. Who wins this one? Also take the franchise in this one. All right, next game. Take your ball and go home against St. Louis Patriots. I love that Papa Kaz is still running the John Gruden picture out as his logo too. It's great. Um, looking at this preview, Shane's twenty-five point favorites got the clean sweep in the red check marks um, on the tea bag side of the ledger. Um, Phil Lindsay saw him have a breakout game this week. I love, or last week, another breakout game. I should say Rodgers got it like him Sunday night against New England. Um, but I guess we'll turn our attention to Mike Evans. We saw Evans um, underperform. Well, maybe not. I guess he didn't really underperform. He, he felt underwhelming with uh, Fitzpatrick, but... Looking at the numbers, 25, 17, 23 points, he's been great with Fitzpatrick, too. So, um, do you think he can keep that up with Fitzmagic uh, back there? Or are you concerned at all about just this offense in general? No, I'm not concerned about Evans at all. Um, just, just a target monster. Um, you know he's going to get the ball thrown his way like 10 times a game. And that's comforting. Um, he succeeds whether they're winning or losing. So, yeah, not concerned about Evans at all. I, I have no concerns. I think Fitzpatrick's somehow a way, way better quarterback than Winston is, and, and Winston's going to have one more stop in the NFL somewhere else and then and then be cut and retire with that nice contract that he got. Um, but this is a completely different team with Fitzmagic, and – I, I love Evans the rest of the year. Looking at the weeks that they've played together, there's obviously some chemistry there, and I, I think it'll continue. Fitzpatrick's going to give him the deep ball, and, and he can get a lot of separation on the deep ball that we saw last week in Cincinnati. Yeah, I guess Jackson got so much attention uh, while Fitzpatrick was in there because he was hitting the big deep balls. I totally missed the Mike Evans thing. Um, quietly having an outstanding season. 
um, true or false, the first XFL championship game could be Jameis Winston against Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Don't forget about Johnny Football. Football as well. Uh, another guy I missed on completely. Uh, let's move over to St. Louis Patriots. Uh, right now, the leaders in the clubhouse for Papa Cause to be the keepers for the 2019 Pats would be Cooper Cup and Sony Michelle for a total of five bucks. Uh, gotta like that, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be too upset if that was my, my keepers going into next year. Um, definitely like Cup as a solid, cheap wide receiver two flex option. Um, definitely uh, think Michelle's stock should rise next year. I yeah, I, I love the draft cash flexibility that that he'll have next year, but um, not not completely sold on Michelle. I haven't been completely sold on a Patriot <laughs> running back, especially an early down back in, in in a long time. But you know, he's younger. They drafted him early, so he he should get at least first crack at, at everything. So it'll be interesting to see how he does the rest of the season. But I, I I don't hate having those keepers next year. You you saying you've been out on Patriots running backs? You you high fived yourself when you drafted James White, and you tried said, re- really hard to get Sony early Michelle. Down backs. And you tried really hard to get Sony Michelle for my dad earlier in the year. I mean, I, I offered a trade. That doesn't mean I I, I tried really hard. Um, I probably offered thirty trades in the last three weeks. Okay. All right, that's fine. Who wins? I'll take the red checks. Okay, I'll, I'll take Shane and take your ball and go home. Uh, let's go to the Bull Weevils against the Sea Wolves. Right now, um, Phil projected to win by 73 and a half. A lot of guys on by on Bulls squad right now. Uh, he's got issues too I think let's see he's well, got Breeze Breeze yeah so he might have to figure out the wide receiver position wide receiver two spot I don't know if Anum was going to actually play or not so but right now, Phil's projected to win by 73 and a half. So take that and run with it. Uh, let's go to Bowles' team. And how good has George Kittle been this year? Um, we talked about Bowl not really having great keeper options. Kittle's a dollar. Um, and would you guys, I know we're not huge fans of keeping tight ends, but Kittle at a dollar being the main guy in uh, San Francisco, how would you feel about that? Go there, but in, 
terms of keeping somebody versus their value, knowing you can get them for a little bit more than that, I don't think it's that great of a play. Sort of like keeping a quarterback in this league. Yeah, there's a point to that. Um, I just think he's been really good this year. I guess, but tight end has also been a dumpster fire. We had a lot of early injuries. Gronk's been disappointing. Um, so it doesn't take a whole lot, I guess, to be fourth overall. I mean, Eric Ebron's third overall. So, um, yeah. I, I like Kittle, though. I think he should have a great game against Oakland this week. Uh, will Tyler Lockett catch one and run one back for the Seawolves this week? <laughs> I don't think he's ever caught one in run one back ever uh, he has three kick returns in his career for a touchdown okay. he's due two <laughs> kicks on <laughs> he was going to be the, the trivia question tonight but I switched it up <laughs> that would have been funny uh, how do you guys feel about RW1 Phil was trying to pawn him off he's had three straight games of three touchdowns after the nine-point stinker against Arizona. This offense and team seem to, like they're coming together a little bit. Uh, decent matchup against the Chargers this week. Uh, Russell Wilson's a player that's trending up. I, I'm assuming you both expect that to continue. Sure do. Seems a really, really good player that, that figured it out when he was, he was playing with some, some new, not-so-talented players. <laughs> Finally got everyone on the same page, and now he's succeeding. I uh, like Wilson the rest of the way. I'm all in on RW1, baby. Love him. Are you um, benching Doug Baldwin for lack of hustle this week? <laughs> Just doesn't have the heart to play. No, he's uh, he was limited in practice, and considering how he's played when he's supposedly fully healthy this season... <laughs> I also went off the, the Doug Baldwin roller coaster that is 2018. Yeah, I wasn't sure if uh, he was getting getting punished. I uh, Josh Gordon showing up late for a meeting, so I was, yeah. wasn't sure if you were going to sit him out. I know not, Hugh, not, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson would have started him as a punishment and made him play the whole game like he did with Callaway in the preseason. That's right. Can't. I'm so happy that guy's gone. He's brutal. Uh, who wins this week? Wolves, Weevils. Don't forget, you're projected to win by 73 and a half, Phil. And I don't have a defense in right now. Oh, man, make it 80. I'll take the Weevils. <laughs> the, bad, the bad luck continues. Come on, I'm due. I'm due. Wolves, big. I'll take the Weevils in the closest game of the week. Nice. Um, I think Breeze against the Rams at home. Big game. That game's going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right. uh, The top of the Favre division, not the game of the week. Dogs versus Curtin. Uh, Right now, the Dogs, with no tight end and no defense, projected to win by 16. Um... Gurley and Kamara, gotta love the matchups this week going up against each other. Game should be a shootout. Phil's shaking his head no. Um, no, no, it will be. But another 70-point week from Gurley and Kamara. And then some five-point 
receiver outputs gets you to 115 and <coughs> against a 75-point performance. My question was going to be, can Kirk Cousins top the 29-point performance that Wilson put up against the Lions defense last week? <clears throat> Don't all jump at once. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to answer that because I'm sick and tired of us avoiding Gurley and Kamara questions on podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Give the topics that people want to talk about. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, Gurley and Kamara are going for over 60 points combined together this week. <laughs> How about that? Curtain, um, mixing on by this week hurts him a little bit. Um, right now, Dalvin Cook in the lineup. I'm not sure how comfortable Ed can feel doing that. Um, I'd almost want to hope that Cook's out again, just so you know. I, I don't want to see what happened the last time I played Eddie when Dalvin Cook ten carries for twenty yards on the Thursday night game against the Rams. Um, happened, but I was surprised to see uh, Michael Thomas disappointing as of late. Uh, first three weeks, 38 catches. He had like he was destroying Thielen th- through the first three weeks. Um, it's been fairly pedestrian since then. Uh, 6.7 points, 9.4, 16.4, 10.6. Uh, I personally expect more from Michael Thomas. Do uh, you guys have any concerns about him, or or why? What do you think's going on there? No, I'm not concerned. Um, he's a great player. Uh, out. Uh, this thing's going through a little little rough patch right now, but still, for pedestrian games, still putting up decent output. Um, just had a little tough stretch here. Bunch of road games. Now they back in the dome. I think he's going to have a great game. Saints haven't had to throw it. They, I mean, they, they've been really good just by keeping it on the ground <coughs> tomorrow. This is the game that's set up to be a shootout, as Cos mentioned earlier. And if, if Thomas doesn't come out of this and Drew Brees doesn't come out of this with a high point total, I think it's time to smash that panic button. The only reason I, I bring it up is he is, I mean, other than Kamara, the backfield, the real only legitimate receiving option in that team. Um, so I just don't know if he's getting totally blanketed, and that's why they haven't been able to connect as much. Um, but, yeah, they do. They, they are a run-first team between uh, Kamara, Ingram, and Taysom Hill. So Let's put it this way. Three out of four. Played in a dome this year. Um, oh, at least ten catches. 
So four of his next five are in a dome. I think Michael Thomas will be fine. All right. There's our weatherman, Shane Stein. Um, <laughs> so I well, just... football gets cold. I was just on Twitter, uh, just scrolling through the timeline, and this has to be brought up. So we just talked about Hugh Jackson. Obviously, everyone knows who the new interim head coach is in Cleveland. It's everyone's favorite defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, who, upon becoming interim head coach, promptly hired his son to be the defensive coordinator for the team. Um, But I guess in an interview today, he stated, Since I've left Buffalo, I had 11 letters to interview for head coaching jobs. And four of them, I didn't even need to interview. They just wanted me to show up and sign the contract. <laughs> That's what he said on Hard Knocks, too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, like, I turned yeah. down seven jobs to be here. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's just flat out lying to people, right? <laughs> four teams just were going to, just on the show, Greg. We, your track record's so strong. Your integrity is so strong that we just want you in our in, in our office. Uh, Shane, how do you feel about Greg Williams? Kill the head and the body will die. <laughs> he, he's just he's just lying. I, I mean, nobody that's the defensive coordinator of the Browns sticks around and turns down four head coaching jobs where he doesn't even have to interview and, and probably make triple the amount of money. He's just, he's just lying. <laughs> I like the frosted tips. That's my favorite part about him. Um, who wins, dogs versus curtain? Come on, guys. Oh, uh, I was joking earlier about Eddie scoring seventy-five. I think I think Eddie has a good team. That was more of a shot towards Cause just seeming to get lucky with points totals this week. I, I like the dogs. I think I think it's <laughs> I like the dogs to continue the streak. Um, because Joe Mixon's on by, I'm going to take the dogs, and also because there's no reason not to. I'll take the dogs as well. Um, I think I have an outside shot for the one-week high score this week, so just going to throw that out there, too. Oh, my God. Um, all right, Team Ice Cream Clan, this is the game of the week. The teams are tied at the top of the Elway. Um... If John Elway keeps running the Broncos the way he is, that division name may need to change. Um, but this is a good matchup this week. Another team with like two guys out making these previews impossible to even do. Uh, Ice Cream projected to win by 13.6 right now. Fegley with no flex and no running back two in there. So got to imagine when it's all said and done, probably have Fegley being favored. Um, true or false Cream Hunt finishes the year as the number two running back in fantasy behind Todd Gurley right now he's five um, behind Saquon Barkley uh, Alvin Kamara and James Conner maybe yeah I think Conner's four Honors three. Right. I, I also think it's false, uh, only because Kamara's in his way. <laughs> um, I think Hunt gets up to two. I I love what Kareem Hunt's been doing lately. 
Um, Mahomes has been so good that he's just setting up, you know, Kareem Hunt for these huge weeks. Cleveland this week, Arizona the week after that. The Rams defense suspect, Oakland. Tough one in week 14 against Baltimore, uh, but he ends with the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Raiders. So that schedule is soft to say. I, 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 yeah, I, I suggest we do a <coughs> look back um, at the end of the season at, at keepers from last year and say that Kareem Hunt, for Crystal Ball, Kareem Hunt was probably the number one keeper that got moved that, that probably should have been kept based, based on how good of a season he's had. Yeah, the guy that traded him messed up big time. McCaffrey can catch one that bounced off three guys in the end zone first. <laughs> are you salty? Welcome to my 2018 nightmare. Are, are you salty? I, I, wouldn't, it, I could have dealt with that if Doug Baldwin had just <laughs> decided to give it up and, and not step out of bounds for, for what seemingly no reason. Because that, that's what ended up switching the match. If that would have been 12, and that would have given me the W. So it was just all those things happening at once that makes me very, very salty. But Spears are in the win. His team's really good. Hat off to him. All right, see you, Shane. All right, fellas. I'm going to get out of here. Who wins your game, uh, Ice Cream Clan? Just give us a winner. Uh, I'm going to go with the clan. All right, Phil, any concerns uh, about what? Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, any concerns about Melvin Gordon? We haven't seen him in two weeks. Uh, between the London game that he sat out um, and their bye week at Seattle this week, uh, hammies tend to linger. So, any concerns about Gordon rest of the season? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think that offense is is so good that even if he's not playing at a hundred percent, he can come in sporadically and still put up good fantasy numbers. So, I, I wouldn't have any concerns there. Yeah, I want to lean towards that side <clears throat> with you as well. Um, I just worry that part of what made Gordon as incredible as he was through the early part of the season was that the, the volume was just outstanding. So um, with that hamstring injury, I wonder if that gets dialed back a little bit. That's that's my biggest concern, I think. Yeah. Um, big uptick for Marvin Jones as well with Golden Tate being sent out of town. Uh, who wins clan versus ice cream for you? Um, I really like Fagley's team when when you add James White to this roster. I, I, I think Fagley gets the W this week, but it's close. I think Fagley does too. Um, Goff should have a nice week. Uh, gotta love Tyreek Hill every week. Diggs and Rudolph, one of those guys are going to score. Marvin Jones, James White. Um, and just tough week for for ice cream. Marlon Mack on by. The team's just not deep enough. I mean, the top end is super nice, um, and I think it can compete with anybody in the league when they're at full strength. 
Um, but this week they're not at full strength, so I think the clan takes over the lead in the in the LA. Alright, anything else to report in the Sons of Fantasy Football League? It should be a fun week. I, I think this is the week that the two and six teams will get eliminated if they lose. Um, there's probably going to be another team that, that drops to like I'm looking at Butler's team potentially. It could be tough if they lose. Um, and then even one of the four and four teams, if they, if they go to four and five, uh, especially with some bye weeks coming up, week week ten, week eleven. Um, I, I think this is the week that that separates some of the congestion in the middle. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um... The standings are going to be, you know, super interesting after this week, because like I said, we got nine teams, and you know, if you want to throw your name in there as well, competing for six spots, so nine or ten teams competing, um, for the opportunity to you know get in there, and it's so tight right now. Every single point I think is going to matter, um, in terms of tiebreakers. It's always been a pretty clear cut. Uh, seven and six. I don't think we've ever had to go to a tiebreaker uh, to decide the playoffs. It's not looking that way this year, and it's made the trade deadline even more interesting because there's just teams that, that are having a hard time making a decision where they stand. So, um, that's where we're at. Heading into week nine. It'll be interesting to see if you can get Le'Veon Bell. Um, if, that, if that goes through, and you're potentially looking at a Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, Le'Veon Bell back backfield on on top of all the other amazing pieces that you have. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't go through. Um, another thing I would offer, like you said, no one else had any interest in him. Um. And it's just, I don't know if he's, I literally don't know if he's going to show up. Like, this dude is, I can't believe he's not shown up yet. I, yeah, he's getting some really bad advice. Um, and obviously the locker room turned on him. So even if he does show up, it, he, it's, it's either, it's either going to be, he's, he's going to come back and they're going to run him into the ground or he's going to come back and, Pretty much be inactive. Yeah. While while he pouts and watches James Conner put up the <coughs> same numbers that Bell was putting up before he went out. So the, the way James Conner has played, I mean, it, it's killed Bell's value. Yeah. I mean, I I think when he goes out in the open market, this is kind of a pride thing. He's going to end up taking less of a contract than what the Steelers offered him in the offseason. I won't be surprised. And he's going to look really dumb for. I mean, when all this is said and done, if he doesn't come back until week 10, he's going to have given up $9 million in, in money that he'll never, ever recoup. Yeah. And, uh, I, again, I don't, I don't think he's a, he's a bad guy or a, a bad teammate. He's not – I mean, he's made some lies to teammates, but that doesn't make him a bad teammate or a locker room issue. I, I think he's gotten some really bad advice from his agents and yes men around him, similar to what other athletes have, have done, a la – 
LeBron James TV special on announcing he's taking his talents to South Beach. Um, but you, you kind of wish that he, he'd recognize it and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm ready to make a run in Pittsburgh. And even if he doesn't mean it, just say, I want to finish my career here, come back for the playoffs, and, and give it everything that I have and, and hope we can work out a contract in the offseason. Yeah. I, I, I just don't understand. It's such a brotherhood sport. Um, I have no idea why you would completely turn your back on your teammates and expect that another team's just going to pay you whatever you want. So, it just, the whole thing makes no sense to me. Um, but, he should probably fire his agent after after the season. Alright, that wraps yeah. up uh, wraps up week nine. You got nothing else, right? I'm, I'm good. I, I can't wait for the games. Alright, happy Halloween to everybody. Uh, good luck in week nine, and we'll be back next week to uh, recap it and look forward to week ten.